Welcome back to In The Money, the premier hockey betting podcast. This is JD. I'm going to take you through our picks for this season in what promises to be one of the most unique and exciting NHL seasons of all time. This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. The information and opinions are derived from individuals and are not to be taken as a guarantee. We here at In The Money provide you with content, not a guarantee of performance. We are not liable for any bets or action you take as a result of this podcast. And we are back. Been a slow season to start, mostly because a lot of lot of real life work going on. So unable to really get at these get at these as much as I'd like. But you know, we're gonna try to change that here. We're gonna try to get on a run, do a bunch in a row here if we can. Um and let's start with kind of a recap of last night. So last night we saw a lot of games, a lot of overs, a lot of goals. It was an exciting night of hockey. Uh, you can't you can't get much better than that. And it kind of started out a little slow with a very dry St. Louis Blues Arizona Coyotes game where the Coyotes were able to win one to nothing. Clayton Keller scored one on Bennington that maybe he'd like to have back top glove, but maybe Bennington wants to have that one back. Arizona quietly still a solid team in the league, but they're they're a team to me that seems like they're middling, and it's it's either they got to break out forward or they're gonna have to maybe make some moves here because you know Clayton Keller and Connor Garland are are playing really well, and they're still only a five hundred team. They're getting great goaltending. You never want to waste great goaltending. I mean, wasting great goaltending is one of the worst things you could do in the NHL. You know, you look at Anaheim right now. You look at what the Canadians have done to carry Price for years. You know, you never want to waste really quality goaltending. Um, doesn't come around as often as you'd like it to. So, you know, Vancouver last year at times wasted Markstrom, uh, who was just playing phenomenal for them. And that's kind of what I feel like the Coyotes are doing with what Ke- with Kemper and Ranta. I mean, both of those guys are really quality when either one of them gets in the net. Um, right now, Kemper's on fire. Last year, Ronta was on fire, but they're, they're really wasting some top-quality goaltending right now. Um, so good for them to bank another win. This is the seventh game those two teams have played, a lot of games against each other. It's one of the little quirks in this NHL season that we're beginning to see. And, you know, it's the NHL, so there's a lot of parity. So those seven games, it's hard to win and really dominate a team in seven games. Um, it's why in the playoffs we can see such crazy upsets in the NHL, and it's why you know we can we also see a lot of longer game series, um, unless there really is a truly overmatched team. So that's that's a little quirk to keep our eye on. Things kind of balancing out. One team wins, another team might win. Um, another quirk that we really want to keep our eye on, we can look at in the second game here, which is the. Islanders Sabres so one of the bets that I've started to pick up on that I love this year 
is betting against a team that's had a long layoff. I mean, I think that goes across all sports. You have a long layoff, you get out of game shape, you're not necessarily prepared. If you've had a lot of guys on the COVID list, if you still have guys on the COVID list, you know, it can really be detrimental to your team. Um, and so for me, I'm going to be betting against pretty much any team that's coming back unless there's extenuating circumstances. And we've got a few of those tonight, so we can get into that tonight. But as for last night, it was the New York Islanders coming out on top versus the Buffalo Sabres. They were able to cover the puck line in a 3-1 game. Um, they pretty much held the Sabres without a shot in the third period. It was pretty impressive. Classic display of Barry Trotz's system and hockey and um, just phenomenal play from the Islanders who were skidding there for a bit but have now looked like they've regained their footing. This, this Islanders team really misses Anthony Beauvillier. They really miss Beauvillier. So um, they're going to they're gonna need guys like Anders Lee and Barzell, Jordan Eberle, to put even more out in terms of scoring than they have to make up for that because they were not a great scoring team with Beauvillier, and they're kind of a miserable one without it. Um, I was expecting more from them to start the season, but it looks like they're kind of rounding into shape. So that's definitely a team to keep our eye on to see if they can gain some momentum. All right. Let's move on to the craziest game of the night, the undermanned Senators coming back against the Maple Leafs in one of the most epic games we'll ever see. The Ottawa Senators never come back from a four-goal deficit before. Basically like a minute left in the third period. They're on the penalty kill against one of the most dangerous power plays in the league. They're down 5-1, and it, it looks over. I mean... The fat lady was singing. Forget about warming up. She was singing. And the Ottawa Senators went out there, cut off her microphone, and decided to make one of the most unreasonable comebacks we've seen. The Leafs completely folded. It's something we've seen before. It shouldn't be happening anymore for the Leafs. It just shouldn't be happening at this point. Freddie Anderson in net. You're playing a, a bad Ottawa Senators team, really. You're playing against a goalie who's been up and down, up lately, but down for a, a big piece this year in Hogberg. And, and you're playing against a team with almost no confidence. Like The Senators have played well in some games, but they are not a team that's been able to, when the other team gets going, stop, stem that momentum. And I mean, it's a, it's a team of young guys, and that often happens in the NHL. With the young team, if things start going bad, it's a snowball effect that happens. And to see that team, you know, grit down, get the character to come back and win that game, that's something you love to see, um, especially as somebody who has the Senators over points right now, and that's looking terrible. But you, hopefully the Senators, for their sake, can use this as a turning point. As for the Maple Leafs, I mean, it just can't be happening. It, it, it's just past the time for Matthews and Marner and, you know, Tavares, Nylander to have these type of games. You're the four best players on the ice you have to be the four best players on the ice in every period now. You, you get paid like it. There's no periods off. When that game starts going south, I wanted to see Austin Matthews. I wanted to see Mitch Marner. I wanted to see Tavares. I wanted to see Willie Nylander take that game over, do something, say, hey, listen, we might give up a few goals, and this might be a little bit closer than we think, but we're not losing this game. We are not going to lose this game. Um, they weren't able to do it. The back end of the Leafs is still shoddy. They still got to figure that out. Um, I do like Bogosian, uh, but I, I'm not a big Justin Hall guy. 
Um, him and him and Muzzin look too slow for me against teams that want to speed it up. Muzzin tried to jump in there and fight Kachuk. I don't think that was the smartest move because that kind of got Ottawa going at the time. Seeing Brady get in there with Muzzin and mixing it up and saying, "Hey, listen, I know it's not going well, but I'm I'm not going to back down. I'm going to keep fighting." Um, Freddie Anderson, he's a really good goalie, but he just doesn't he doesn't get enough support. Um, I don't know if we could really blame him for any of those goals last night. Uh, Dadanov, what a great what a great addition that was, I thought, for the Senators in the beginning of the year. And I, I think he's going to be a guy, a guy that's a smart addition for them because he's going to be a guy who's going to be able to score some goals for them. Um, scored a bit, couple big ones last night, tied the game, went in overtime. But, man, even once it got to OT, you just – the Leafs have to find a way to win that game. The Leafs have to find a way to win that game. Um, this is coming from a Habs fan, so I'm, you know whatever. But the, the Leafs need to win that game. Uh, I mean, simple as that. Can't be blown five-one leads to anybody, let alone Ottawa. Let alone with a period left to go in the game. I mean, stop it. Stop. All right, let's move on to the Hurricanes Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets got out to an early lead in this one, three-one, and then just it was too much. It was too much, Carolina. Carolina to me. Right now is looking like maybe the best team in the NHL. It was 7-3 Carolina, another huge total. But it, it was 7-3 with a goal that Carolina had taken back. Um, the Blue Jackets are tough to play against. you got to give the Blue Jackets credit. They're tough to bet against because they can show up in some games and just totally lock the team you play against down. Um, so that's always a tough thing, betting against them. But... You know, the Hurricanes, 10-3 and three this year, they're looking like the best team in the NHL. That's simple as that. Um, Panthers-Lightning, this was a little bit of a, of a trap game here for the Lightning. Um, both teams had their backup goalies in, uh, so the over here was going to hit. So important to check that, to, to see who's playing net. Sometimes we always don't get to do that based on timing of these podcasts, but, I mean, it's a big help. Once you see both those backups in net, especially when it's, going from Bobrovsky versus Vasilevsky to uh, Drieger versus uh, McElhaney, that's one where you immediately got to start looking at the over because you don't know which goalie is going to play well or which goalie might not play well. They could both play well, but once you get both those backups in there against two very good teams, two teams who can very much put the puck in the net, even if it was Bobrovsky and Vasilevsky, it still could have been a 6-4 game. Um, Once those backups are in there, I think it's almost an automatic send on the over especially with the teams like Florida and the Lightning, the way those two teams score. Um, next was the Blackhawks-Red Wings, and the Blackhawks sneakily out of nowhere are kind of a good team this year. Um, Malcolm Subban was really struggling in the beginning of the year. Ever since they got uh, Lekin in here, however you pronounce his name, um, he he came in, played a few games, kind of pushed Subban to raise his level. Subban's raised his level since and started playing pretty well. Um, Patrick Kane, what else can you say, man? No Kirby Doc, no Jonathan Taves. I thought this team was done for. Patrick Kane never gives up. Guy is just an ultimate warrior. He's playing great. You can see the other guys on this team really look up to him, and it's very important. As for Detroit, Detroit is bad. Detroit is bad. They're young. They're going to get better. Um, They're not very good right now. Uh, Good job of the Blackhawks to win a game. That was a pretty close game. That they, that they needed to win. They were up 2-1 in the third period. They gave up a goal to tie, but they found a way to win it in OT. Kuba League with a beautiful little snipe between the legs there on Grice. All right. 
Jets Oilers. Another fantastic game with a huge total, a 6-5 win for the Jets. And nine of the 11 goals were scored in the first two periods, six total goals in the second period. Wow, what a game. Shifley, again, just looks like a monster. Nugent Hopkins played fantastic in this game. Darnell Nurse was really, really solid. There was a lot of really good play going around and not much defense on either side. Both of these teams have kind of the same issue, and it's just that they really can't play defense. Um, one thing that was really su- surprising, and it's been a kind of a recent trend, and the Oilers needed to hold, is that third line when they got Kara, Archibald, and uh, Chase on out there, I think it is. Um, it might not be Chase on, it might be somebody else. Uh, when they had that third line pumping last night, they were they were really, really going, and they were really, really good last night. Um, they they started a lot of the comeback in that second period after it seemed like the Jets were about to run away with this game. They made it like 5-1, and all of a sudden it was 5-4. Uh, great job by the Oilers hanging in there, trying to get a point. They weren't able to do it. Um, the Oilers are 9-8 on the season, and, and, and they haven't played any overtime games. This team needs to find a way to get some games that they're losing into overtime because those loser points are going to be huge come playoff time huge so you gotta you gotta win those lose you gotta i hate to say win win a loss but you know you have to win some loser points even look at toronto i know they lost in a crazy epic fashion to ottawa but you know a couple weeks from now not the worst thing you banked a point in the game better than losing to ottawa outright so um it's, it's important for the oilers in some of these close games to try to find ways to get it in overtime and you know they're going to win a lot of overtime games so they might not even have a lot of overtime losses because once you get out there in a three-on-three situation i mean who's really stopping mcdavid anyway but they need to they need to get out there and they need to they need to play more overtime games i think um at least get some more loser points in these one goal games all right um flames canucks i started watching this game but I turned it off after the uh, Jets-Oilers game was over. The Canucks had it well in hand, I thought, 2-1 when I turned it off. Um, pretty much right after I turned it off, Lindholm scored, then Dubé scored, and Goudreau ended up scoring the winner in overtime on a power play. Um, from what I saw, y- you know, Vancouver, it's just like a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde for Vancouver. At times, I'm like... This team could be a force, and at times it's like, is this team Ottawa that I'm watching? Because it's just, I don't know. Uh, it it needs to be better for Vancouver at this point, and it's not, and that's kind of concerning to me. Um, good job here getting a loser point, scoring a late goal. Um, but again, Vancouver has got a lot of young talent. I thought bringing in Miller last year was a great addition. I thought he might help them move over the edge. But then this year when you go and you lose Tanev and you go and you lose um, Markstrom, it's just two big pieces you can't lose, in my opinion. And I think they're I think they're in a little bit of trouble here. Benning is, you know, it's Vancouver, so Benning's always on the hot seat. But maybe rightfully so this time. Maybe rightfully so this time. Um I want the Canucks to be better. It's better for hockey if the Canucks are better. Uh, Duck Sharks in probably what was the most boring game. Didn't even watch this game, so not going to comment too much on it. Um, But 
it's not at all surprising it went under. This is Anaheim that we're talking about. They're playing to win 2-1 games. Talk about wasting good goaltending. They're wasting John Gibson. He's wasting away in Anaheim. Somebody needs to go save him and put him on a winning team, or he's going to be uh, the next Carey Price who, you know, 15 years into his career, people are like, he's never even won the Cup. Can't win the Cup by yourself as a goalie, no matter how hard you try. And don't let people tell you goalies did, because no goalie has ever won the Cup by himself. It's just, it's not happened. The goalies have been phenomenal, and they've stolen games, maybe even stolen series. But no goalie has ever won a Stanley Cup by himself, no matter how good they were. Wah, Brodeur, none of them. John Gibson isn't winning a Cup by himself in Anaheim. And until they get some better pieces in there, we'll see. One good thing to note, though, is uh, Drysdale is playing the AHL. First game, two goals, OT winner, not a big deal. Way to go, Drysdale. I think he's going to be a keeper for Anaheim. And they got Zgrass down there right now, too. Um, so they got some young talent coming. But, you know, that talent needs to come now. That talent needs to come now because this team needs it. That's last night's roundup. So we'll give you a little break here, and then we'll move into our picks for tonight. All righty. All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the schedule for tonight. Um, not a light slate, not a, not a heavy slate, just right in the middle, right down the middle. There's a few games here, a few games there. A little bit early, a little bit late, not really much in the middle. None of those 8 at 8 p.m. ones. No 9 p.m., just 7 and 10. Just early nights and nightcaps. So pretty easy to watch all these games tonight. So that's going to be something that we're going to focus on here. Um, the first the first game of the night is going to be the Islanders and Sabres in a rematch of last night's game. Um, I think the Sabres are going to play like every day now until the end of the season because they've missed so many games. <laughs> um, this one I think I'm going to stay away from. Um, I want to watch it, see how the Islanders do here. Um, see how the Sabres look in their second game back, if they can pick it up. They definitely looked a little rusty in their first game back, so that's not to that's not to hold that against them, right? Let's not let's not hold one performance against them. Let's let the Sabres catch their breath and see if they're good tonight um, and come back with it another time. Uh, the next game we have is the Capitals and Penguins. Um, I've been on the wrong side of this matchup a couple times early this year, so it's another game I think I'm going to stay away from. If I had to bet this one, I think I like the over here. Uh, the model itself, let's pull it up. Let's see how it's looking. We've got Washington on the road, and we've got Pittsburgh at home. Assuming it's the Vanacek Jari matchup that we've been looking at, this the model has it as virtually an even game. It has it expected to go over the total. Washington Capitals total goals per game this year is at 731, and Pittsburgh's at 669. So if I was going to go anywhere, I might lean towards the over. Um, maybe a small bet on overtime for some of the advanced analytics stats. Pittsburgh's got a 54% course U4. Washington's a little more defensive with a 48. The expected goals numbers are flipped. You have Washington expected 4.4 goal differential, and you have Pittsburgh expected goal minus 4.1. Scoring chances for heavily in Washington's favor. 
um, in both scoring chances and high danger chances for, but Pittsburgh has a better high danger chance conversion. All in all, I think the numbers would lean towards Washington here. Um, and in my head, I think Washington's a better team, but um, this one's too close. It's, you know, middle of the season type of game. It's just one that I don't feel too comfortable with, so I'm going to stay away from. But if I was going to do this, it would definitely be on the over here because I think these two teams are going to put up some goals, and they both like to put up goals. And Pittsburgh especially is a little defensively challenged. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Vanacek's had a lot of work because Sor- Sorokin has been out, or Samsonov, I mean, has been out. Um, so that's been tough. For Washington, they've had to use a lot of Vanacek, and he's been pretty good, but it's not always perfect um, for that for that goalie to be getting a lot of work. So again, this one, let's let's pass on this game and move on to the next one. Another 7 p.m. tilt. We've got the return of the New Jersey Devils versus the New York Rangers. So as I said earlier, I love to bet against the team that's just coming off of a long layoff. However, this Devils example is going to be one that I'm going to hold off on because the Rangers are without both Keandre Miller tonight, who's become an integral piece of that defense, and without Panarin. So without those two guys, to me, it's it's just not worth taking any kind of money on the Rangers tonight um, just because I, I just can't, can't bet on the Rangers without those two guys. It's literally their best offensive and best defensive player. Can't have it. Um, the Devils, they're coming off a long layoff, but they've been good. So, again, that's another reason not to bet a side here. However, we saw it last night. We've seen it in a few of these games where teams come back. Avalanche recently versus Vegas with two teams that can put the puck in the net even. 1-0 game there, 3-1 last night for the Islanders. Sabres never really got anything going. Rangers now don't have Panarin. They don't have Miller. Uh, Devils are coming back. Who even knows who's going to be on the freaking COVID list tonight at the end of the, at the end of the day? You never really know until about game time. Um, for me, no side here, but I love the under. The under the the over under is at six right now. I love for this game to go under. Slow paced. Shesterkin's in net. Wedgewood's supposed to start for the Devils. You know, two pretty what should be pretty good goalies. Shesterkin, I know he hasn't proven it yet this year. But, you know, maybe look for a good game from him here. Maybe look for the Rangers to slow it down a bit, especially missing out with Panarin. And and look for the Devils to play a more robust game. Because they're going to be rusty, it's going to be about being a little more physical. I think if I, you know, me as a nobody, if I was going to coach one of these teams, uh, the first thing I'd be telling one of these teams coming back from a long layoff is try to be physical in the first period. Try to get your body into the game. Try to get your head into the game a little bit and see if that could spark you. But it's a really tough situation to be out a long period of time and come back, especially the two, three weeks the Devils have been out now. Uh, I, I love the under there. All right. Now, just talked about this game recently. The 10 p.m., the first 10 p.m. is going to be the Avalanche versus the Golden Knights. Uh, this is a rematch of a game from Sunday a couple nights ago. one nothing. Avalanche grew in that game for sure, but they weren't perfect. Um, the Nate Dog is back. This team's back. Um, I kind of like the Avalanche in a revenge setting here. 
So we talked about it earlier in the Blues-Coyotes matchup. They've played basically a seven-game series, and it's hard to really pull away from a team in that situation. I think this is an example where the Avs lost the last game, so let's come right back and, and hammer the Avs tonight. I like the Avs in regulation plus 150, put a unit on it, and then the Avs minus one and a half plus 240, put two units on that. Um, I like the Avalanche to steamroll here uh, just because I, I I think eventually it evens up. Honestly, had the first game gone the other way, Avalanche win, Golden Knights coming back, I probably would come back with Golden Knights, and I think that's going to be something to look forward to for the rest of the year. All right, the final nightcap game is going to be the Minnesota Wild versus the LA Kings. On the model here, the model's telling us it likes LA by a little bit. The advanced stats look like it's LA too. Um, Minnesota's without Matt Dumba tonight. Minnesota coming off a long layoff. I like the LA Kings here, mostly because Minnesota's coming off that layoff. Um, They're a good team, but without Dumba coming off a layoff, the Kings have been good. I like the Kings at plus 110. The other thing to note here is that I think before they went on break, Minnesota was 3-1 and one run on overs, and LA King was 4-0 four four and oh run on overs. So that's something to look at. I, I kind of, The over-under is at 5.5, and, and I know Minnesota is just coming back, so I, I hesitate to give this as an actual pick, but I am leaning towards the LA King and Minnesota over here at 5.5. Um, leaning, I'm not sure I'm going to take it, but it, I definitely like it. It's definitely interesting to me because I think both of these teams can score and they also both can give up goals if they need to. Um, but, again, Wild coming off a long break, that, that might be a tough one to bet on. So we'll just stick with the Kings, plus 110. Again, to recap the picks, we like the Avalanche in regulation. We like the Avalanche minus one and a half. We like the Rangers-Devils under. And we like the LA Kings money line at plus 110. Let's go win some money.